I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Stroko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Elo, hello. Trace, hello. I am wearing a Chicago Bandits NPF jersey in honor of Shelby <laughs> Turnier. This is Shelby's jersey. She's getting inducted to the UCF Athletics Hall of Fame this Friday night. So shout out to that. Plus, hey, UCF football. We, we can win in the Midwest. So that's a good thing. Well, before we get to all of that, let us welcome in the third member of the team part of this show. Uh, he is Adam Eaton of the Sons of UCF. Adam, hello. Gentlemen, happy November. I didn't know we were doing costumes still. I would have prepared better. I apologize. <laughs> well, you couldn't have prepared that one. You didn't have one of those <laughs> hanging in the closet, right? Don't tempt me. <laughs> all right. We'll check back in with you in a little bit, Adam. Of course, Adam, checking us for facts and as well on time. You mentioned it, Elo. Uh, UCF gets in to the win column against that longtime Big 12 foe, <laughs> Cincinnati, 28-26. By the way, the Knights scored 28 in a loss to West Virginia the week earlier. 28, good enough to defeat uh, Cincinnati. Uh, what uh, what did you like? Well, it's obvious. R.J. Harvey. Can we start with him? Second year in a row, he scores the game-winning touchdown, just ran over Cincinnati. He's been the best player in UCF. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Alex Haynes from back in the day. Alex Haynes always produced, whether it was wins or losses, he was a constant. I think R.J. Harvey has become a constant on this team. That's the one thing you feel good about if you're UCF going into every game is that R.J. Harvey is going to give you a good game. And he was, to me, the difference there. He did a great job. Uh, hands down, uh, he's co-offensive player of the week in the Big 12. That is an easy selection. Let me say one thing I like, didn't turn the ball over. Obviously, that cost them in the loss at home to West Virginia a week earlier. And they got a couple of turnovers that were costly for Cincinnati. So the turnover differential, which is a key factor that you look for in a game, that went their way in this one. And that's why they picked up their first Big 12 win. I agree with the defense, but I think not only the turnovers, but they got some big stops in that game. Remember, there was a fourth down stop. They got around the 41-yard line early because I thought Cincinnati early had the momentum. Defense made some plays. They got the two-point stop at the end. I know it wasn't great. We'll get into some of the issues still, but they made plays when it mattered. And by the way, John Rice Plumley, you mentioned it, protect the football. He made some plays out of the quarterback position, too. That was nice to see. Let's talk about sacks. UCF gave up no sacks in this game. They recorded five. Traymond Morris-Brash has had a heck of a season. 
what was it, two and a half sacks in this one of the five that the Knights registered. He has had a good season uh, amongst the league leaders, uh, and, uh, you know, he's playing lights out uh, for the Knights. So the pressure, uh, the pass rush, that was strong for the Knights in this one, and protecting John Rice. I enjoyed the fact Eric Collins wasn't calling the game on FS1, and the broadcasters were on site. They had a fill-in for Eric Collins, who's doing the she's the voice of the Charlotte Hornets. So they had a fill-in guy for him with Devin Gart, but they actually were on site. Why are they on site in Cincinnati, but not at the bounce house? Do they not want to visit you, Trace, in the press box? What's going on? I don't know. They don't like the eats up in that press box, perhaps at the bounce house. Did you uh, like one Cincinnati more. as a whole? Did you like Cincinnati as a city as a whole? I've been to Cincinnati before. It wasn't my first time, so I've been several times. And if you've been several times, you've seen everything there is to see uh, in, in Cincinnati. So overall, strong game for the Knights. One more shout-out. Defense with that stop of the two-point conversion, which was as much uh, questionable why they decided to, to throw the ball there. Uh, but uh, credit to the defense for making a stop. And the Knights finishing out a game, Elo. They did, without question. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Of course, that was UCF's first ever Big 12 game. Saw Gus Malzahn. If you watch Nightflix, which maybe I feel like it was out earlier because Trace called out the video crew, gave the game <laughs> balls to Terry Mahajer and the President Cartwright because it was the first Big 12 win. Are you satisfied, Trace, that UCF football says all-time history, first Big 12 win ever, Cincinnati? Ish, Elo, Big 12 win-ish. I don't feel like it's a full-fledged Big 12 win where Houston has the victory over West Virginia, also over Baylor, and uh, UCF has uh, taken the all-time series lead against Cincinnati. <laughs> so I don't feel – I don't. it'd be better to get a victory over, say, I don't know, Oklahoma State. Uh, I would feel better about it. But it counts just the same. Knights get their first Big 12 win, even if it's a little asterisk. So 10, 20, 10, 20 years from now, when we do Around the Kingdom, and Adam is asking us <laughs> trivia question, what was UCF's first ever Big 12 win? It won't be us hosting. We'll be long gone after that. But whoever's hosting hey, the show, <laughs> I'm just calling it like I see it. Whoever's Jeez. hosting the show might not get this question right. We're going to be like, raw Cincinnati, that's right. Uh, will they answer Baylor? Baylor? Will they have forgotten? <laughs> we will not forget the Baylor loss. To your point, though, if UCF were to upset Oklahoma State, that would be more remembered than actually winning your first Big 12 game. I think UCF fans were looking to be a Big 12 legacy team. You know, you mentioned Houston. They beat West Virginia. That's a memorable finish with the Hail Mary. You beat them, you know. Cincinnati, it's like – Cincinnati's terrible. If Cincinnati was like the Luke Fickle Cincinnati team, maybe it's a little different. But, like, these were two teams that are looking for their first Big 12 win. So it does feel a little shallow. Like, yeah, I don't think this is, like, cause for celebration. When a rivalry is dubbed going into it, the Battle of Mid, <laughs> right? Both teams on losing streaks, neither with a Big 12 win – but it counts just the same, right? But I agree with you. I don't think it will be held as special as when this season, this week, next season, UCF gets its first legitimate uh, legacy Big 12 win. But with the way these teams are coming into the league, and we're going to talk about the upcoming schedules in a bit, they're playing all these uh, Pac-12 refugees 
are those legit Big 12 wins uh, eventually either? I think there's a divide here. The old school Big 12, I'd like to see him get one of those wins. Look, it's a win. You take a win where you can get them. So I don't want to make it sound like we're underestimating, you know, taking for granted the win. But let's be real. When people celebrate marquee wins, it's games against Oklahoma State's of the world, not Cincinnati. You're in the same playing field. Or a Texas Tech. I think many on this show that watch this every week will take <laughs> quite pleasure with a win in Lubbock in a couple of weeks, Trace. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves there. Knights now four and five overall. Need to win two of the final three. We're in that final quarter now of the season. Home against Oklahoma State, number 15 in the college football playoff. Then the road game at Texas Tech. Finale at home against Houston. Can this team hit six wins, Elo? I asked a poll question. I, I listed seven, six, five, and four. Uh, a lot of division there between five and six. Not too many thought four. Hardly anyone thought seven. Uh, it, it feels five or six. Can they get to the five uh, to set up a, a big game with uh, Houston in that finale? Well, I think they got a shot. Look, the Oklahoma State game, I actually think they have a puncher's chance. Oklahoma State's coming off bedlam, emotional game, might be a little let down. There's some advanced metrics that would suggest Oklahoma State's been one of the luckiest teams in the country, and they're not as good as they really are. Eh. I beg to differ. I wrote on blackandgoldbanneret.com of a certain running back, Ollie Gordon, if I differ on that. But this team can capably upset Oklahoma State at home, and then either you win at Texas Tech, who's had some injuries, or home against Houston. It's not crazy. I think 6-6 six and six is possible. Am I going to bet on it? No. But I don't think it's out of the question this team can, can go 6-6. Six and six. There are a couple of plays from having a couple of extra wins. They, in fact, some of the metrics have, the advanced metrics says UCF has been one of the unluckier teams. Now, I think they created their own unluckiness. But nonetheless, I, I think six wins can still happen. Let's talk about Ollie Gordon. You've got an article now on the Black and Gold Bannerette about best running backs to come into the bounce house, right? Ollie Gordon, got to be on that short list. And let's just remember that the Knights gave up not one, but two 100-plus yard rushing games by Cincinnati, and they're amongst the lowest in FBS uh, against the run. We've seen it play out all season long. How in the world are they going to stop Holly Gordon? By keeping the ball themselves, right? Run R.J. Harvey. Keep the ball away from Oklahoma State. Get some stops near the red zone. What's, what's really weird about this, Trace, Oklahoma State, depending on where you look, is anywhere from a one to a two-point favorite. Like, Vegas is not that confident. They're not bullish on him. They see no. a letdown after Beth. Yeah, I really do. And I think that's the big question is Oklahoma State, who did lose to South Alabama earlier this year. That was a different a, team. It is a different team. And Ollie Gordon, who I wrote about, you mentioned, thank you for the plug, leading the nation in, ru in rushing, uh, has turned this season around. Reminds me a lot of the 2007 UCF team. Remember, Trace? They got that embarrassing loss in Tampa. The season looked like it was in, in derails, and they just decided, let's just hand the ball off to Kevin Smith 30 times a game. And you know what happened? They won a conference title. Mike Gundy's kind of done the same thing with Ollie Gordon at Oklahoma State, and it's put them in position where if they win out, they're going to play for a Big 12 title game. But I do think six wins is possible, Trace. It's not impossible. Give us one name from your article of a top running back that played in the bounce house that would rival what we're getting to see from Ollie Gordon. Terrell Henderson. Hello, mm. Memphis, who ran for 13 yards a pop in the 2018 title Ooh, game. Thankfully, yes. Mike Norvell didn't give him 20 carries, or they might have lost that game. 
Daryl Henderson, how about Jamar Charles? Longtime NFL guy with the Chiefs, played Texas in the original game in the bounce house. Good, Texas, stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Speaking of Texas, Big 12, Texas holds off Kansas State in overtime. Why is Kansas State going on fourth and goal? I don't know, but Texas is in first place. Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma in the last bedlam, as we know it. There's a big mess behind Texas. But your thoughts here, Trace, as we head to the Big 12, Texas going into TCU, which Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma State's playing for a lot. This Big 12 race, fascinating, and could be the sign of things to come in the future years with this league. Well, it's changed a little bit, right? We kept talking about Texas, Oklahoma, collision course to play again, and now Oklahoma's had some setbacks. Kansas State, we thought maybe that was the team on the outside uh, coming in strong. But now could be Oklahoma State, which would make a UCF upset all the more. But by the way, is it an upset if it's only a couple of point favorite for Oklahoma State? It certainly feels like it would be an upset. They are really in uh, a good position if they can get a win in Orlando on Saturday. They got a very favorable schedule if they get past this game. If you look at their schedule moving forward, I still can't get over Kansas State, Trace, going forward. On fourth and go, uh, fourth and going overtime from the four yard line down three. Kick the field. I know they missed a kick earlier. Kick the field goal. Extend the game. If the ball was at the one or two yard line, I would say yes, go for it. I got it. But that's probably going to cost Kansas State any chance of the Big Twelve championship game. Texas still in the mix for the playoffs, which if you're Brent Yarmark, you're feeling good about. But do they get their quarterback back? Yours for it was from injury. TCU going to Fort Worth. Watch out for an upset there. You know, TCU is not very good this year, but this is the last time TCU is going to host Texas probably ever. So you know they're going to be up for that game. And then is Oklahoma's free falling going to continue against West Virginia? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, West Virginia's had a bit of a resurgence. Kansas still hanging in there. Going into this season, what was your frequency of watching Big 12 football? Yeah, obviously the brand names and catching games, but do you find yourself now watching more games when you can, obviously, and don't have conflicts covering UCF, then you might have otherwise. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I watch the Big 12 as it is. But, yeah, I mean, I watch Bedlam on tape, for example. I, you know, I definitely watched the, the other night TCU, Texas Tech on a Thursday night. I normally wouldn't have watched that. Normally, I'd probably be watching an American game. So you're probably right. I've always been a, a digested Big 12 sports, though. I've watched Big 12 basketball a lot, which we'll get to later. But, um, yeah, I, I do watch the Big 12 more. And, look, here's the one thing I will say. You, moving forward, the Big 12 probably is going to be the most exciting conference from a week-to-week -week basis because I think the parity from top to bottom is better than most of the other top leagues. The problem is I don't think you're going to have a dominant team a la Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. So that might make it tougher to win a get to the playoffs or to win a national title, that is. But still, very fun league, top to bottom. But that means no, no gimmies. And Brett Yormark will take the check that comes with uh, Texas getting into, uh, you know, a good position there towards the end. Let's bring back in Adam now. Time for a silly game and uh, also a good mention of our friends with uh, Sultry Spirit. Yeah, do you want to do the retrace? I I have it for you here if you need it, but uh, but I'll take care of it this week because if you need to bring your uh, your next event, a little touch of magic, Sultry Spirit will take it to the next level. Their bartenders specialize in creative twists on classic cocktails that make every sip unforgettable. The Sultry Spirit is a mobile bartending service for all your needs. If it's a wedding, corporate event, celebrating your first Big 12 victory, no matter <laughs> what it is, those talented bartenders can shake up the perfect drinks to keep the good time flowing. 
follow at the sultry spirit on Instagram or reach out to them at 941-567-7062 and they will hook up your next party. They'll also give you 10% off if you mention Sons of UCF around the kingdom and a special gift. Again, that's at the sultry spirit or call 941-567-7062. All right, gentlemen, here's the uh, the questions for this week. Uh, Trace, Eric, I was disappointed when I saw this rundown that there was no mention of the most important topic of the week space game nothing about the space game at all mentioned here so elo i'll start with some, this one with you the last couple of years ucf's really seemed to lean into the space U branding as opposed to the citronaut branding which do you prefer eric space U or citronaut i actually do prefer the space U. by the way i think the reason we didn't put that adam is we're a team we're a team together we hold hands together perfect we wanted to give you a platform <laughs> mm. to bring this up but Appreciate. i say space U. We're near Kennedy Space Center. I think that makes more sense than the Citronaut. I'm a Space U guy. That's right. Noted uh, Citronaut hater, Trace Trelko. What, what do you prefer, Space U or the Citronaut? The correct answer is Knights. The correct answer is black and gold, not powder blue. But if you're making me choose between the two, Space U. Once wow. a year for the Space wow. Game. And don't jump the shark by running it too much. All right, so I've got a historical question for both of you, and, and no no two finer authorities to ask this question to. So here it is. You're going to talk basketball here in a little bit. Johnny Dawkins, obviously the head coach of UCF basketball, uh, a Hall of Famer in college basketball, an illustrious career. So here's the question, Trace. I'll start with you. Of the current UCF coaches, and you can include assistant coaches, who had the best athletic career? All the coaches on UCF's campus, who's had the best overall athletic career? Hmm. That's a good one. Johnny, certainly on that list, uh, you'd have to include Tiffany Roberts-Sahedak, uh, U.S. national team in soccer. Uh, so I I'll go Johnny, but closely uh, Tiffany Roberts-Sahedak. Who are you picking? Who are you picking, Trace? I'll, I'll go Johnny. All right, right. I'm going Tiff. She's got a World Cup on her resume and an Olympic gold on the U.S. national team, represented. That's it's as high as it gets. In the she sport. in a Hall of Fame? For what? Anything. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Well, in the okay, well, well. Down the road. I mean, you know, to your point, I mean, Johnny was a very good choice. Was a national player of the year at Duke when they got to the <laughs> national title. But he didn't win the national title. Tiffany Roberts said, hey, has a World Cup. How many people we could say that? Come on. World Cup. <laughs> We'll check on that Hall of Fame. All right, here's the next one, Eric. I'll start with you. Uh, I noticed this week before the basketball season tipped off, the Kingdom NIL had a uh, celebrity game uh, with some former players and some celebrities. So uh, first question for you, Eric, how the heck did you or Trace not get invited? How are you not invited to the celebrity basketball game, Eric? It's a great question. I think Trace was invited, but he turned it down because it conflicted with Sons of UCF Live. And, you know, to his credit, he's, you know, his show first, Adam. You yeah. got to be proud of that. I don't know why I didn't get invited. Maybe I got lost in the mail because I could have made some jump shots there and I could have made some plays, but hey, maybe next year. Trace, where the invite lost in the mail? What happened? No, I, I declined, actually. I was invited. I said I'm more interested in playing on the Suns team against yeah. the black and gold bannerette scrubs. <laughs> we need a, <laughs> I, I got a small court over by Burger U on the campus. That's a good court. It's a good court. court. Let's make that happen. We got I, like, I like Mike Shy. He's a chucker. He's just going to heave it up. <laughs> I like what he can do. I can yeah. take Bryson on in anything, so I'm good. I, 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 I want to be on the bench, though. I want to be on the bench and coach next year, Sullivan. <laughs> that's what I want. 
All right, last one for both of you. You again, historians, Trace. I'll start with you. Who was the most famous person that's ever stepped foot on UCF campus? The most famous person to ever step foot, uh, Richard Nixon. Yeah, okay. Richard Nixon, uh, early seventies, when he uh, gave a speech uh, in front of the library in the, the reflection pond. Okay, Elo. He was just here about a week ago. Shaquille O'Neal. Hello, basketball <laughs> Hall of Famer, rapper, extraordinaire, the diesel, slightly over Maury Povich. You know, who made the game. Wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan were like a work with both I, of you. Tiger Unbelievable. Woods, very good, was at the Stanford game. It's a nice one. I mean, Michael Jordan was yeah. with his son, Mark. Michael Hansen. Jordan is a good one. That's a good yeah, Richard Nixon. How'd you do that? He was a president of the United States. I think that, uh, that makes you pretty famous. Not, not for long he wasn't. <laughs> all right we'll check back in with adam in a bit (laughs) all right elo let's uh talk future big 12 schedules we we said cincinnati was the rival we had it all figured out cincinnati west virginia ucf houston and then uh, they went with the model that they went with uh what'd you think of what they came out with only four protected rivalries uh in future big 12 scheduling over the next four seasons feel like I'm in the Pac-12 is what I feel like. You look at next year's schedule, Arizona, we host them. Colorado, Deion Sanders, who might, you know, if, if he's still at Colorado next year, that qualifies in Adam's question among the be- most famous people. Uh, we host Utah and we go to, you know, so kind of a Pac-12-esque deal. You're right. The, basically, the league said your, your game with Cincinnati is not a rival, but that's the thing that jumped out to me, Trace. You realize next year, our home conference games, we do not play one team that plays in the Eastern time zone at home. It's kind of wild. And, and on the mention of Colorado, and I think a lot of that is overhyped, especially considering how this season has gone for Colorado. But do you think there will be a hotter ticket in the history of the bounce house and the resale market than perhaps Colorado? Yes, I wrote about that, breaking down the schedule on BlackEagleBanneret.com. He, whether you like him or not, whether the team's good or not, Colorado is relevant. Like, even this past weekend against Oregon State, they still drew nearly 3 million viewers on television for, like, a 10 o'clock kick. And Deion Sanders is one of the most successful, famous athletes in the history of the Sunshine State here in Florida when you consider his career at Florida State. Yeah, I think that's the marquee game if he's there. Plus his son, if he's back at quarterback, that's going to draw probably the best TV slot. So, yeah, I think that's your most attractive home game from a resale market value standpoint. The road game at Florida and then four conference road games. Easier travel than was set up this season. Hey, no trip to Lubbock, no Boise on the schedule. They've got easier travel destinations, though. It may be a little trickier to get the Harder teams, though. Harder teams. Utah could be the favorites in the Big 12 next year. Arizona's an up-and-coming program. If you think it's going to get easier, it's not, especially with a young roster with the Knights that maybe has some questions going into next year. What do we know? That's next year. Being before we get to next year, Trace. You know what we got? We got college basketball season. You were there. Yeah, you were there on Monday night. UCF men's basketball opening the season with a blowout win against FIU. 1-0 on the season. They go up to Miami this weekend on Friday. What did we like from the FIU game and what didn't we like, Trace? What did you like there, the victory? Well, can I start with what I didn't like is the news that came out just before tip-off that C.J. Walker re-injured in a recent scrimmage. That is a big loss. I saw him in street clothes, walking with a cane. Uh, Not a lot of information from Johnny Dawkins with a timetable for his return, but 
you knew you were counting on CJ Walker and Darius Johnson this season, and now not to have CJ. On a what I like, Jalen Sellers uh, made a fine impression, 23 points on the night. It was interesting to watch UCF, so many new guys. Uh, you know, that's just going to be how it is, uh, you know, for college basketball and especially to UCF. Roster is going to turn over every year, right? And I mean, 10 new faces on this roster. A couple other players uh, with some eligibility issues, really dense what may not have been the deepest uh, lineup for Johnny Dawkins. I agree about the C.J. Walker news. That was a bummer. You just hate it for the guy. We spoke. I spoke to him at media day. He, he knows he was. You know, he's been doing stretching. He's been doing everything to try to stay healthy. And now he, re, you know, knee injury. We don't know how long he's out. Could be a while. Kind of leaves him a little thin to me. I mean, this is not a deep roster in my opinion. And now you're without him. You're without you know, Avery, who's in a transfer situation. I mean, you talked to Johnny Antoine Dawson. Jones. Also, Antoine another. Jones is not is out till December. Not a deep team. That concerns me as we move forward. I did like Jalen Sellers. I spoke to Michael Donnell, who was on the broadcast last week prior to the season starting. He told me Jalen Sellers could be the leading scorer on this team, and I think you saw why. I think he's a fun player to watch. I think him and a healthy Darius Johnson could be a really dynamic backcourt, kind of like Aubrey Dawkins and B.J. Taylor were four years ago. But I don't know if they have enough depth to be relevant. But I think they're a fun team, and they defended well in the perimeter in particular. I, I liked a lot of what they, they have there, especially with those two. Well, then FIU stepped up the press, and they turned the ball over. Yeah. As Coach Dawkins said, that final 15 minutes was not fun to watch. 18 yeah. total turnovers on the night. You're not going to win at a place like Miami uh, no. turning the ball over 18 well, times. You're definitely not going to win at a Big 12. No, definitely not. All non-conference games, either home or in the state, is an advantage for UCF. You know, you looked at that schedule, you see eight, nine, maybe ten games. Miami's a tough one uh, on the road Friday. So uh, opportunity for them to come together and gel as a team with all of those new faces. But hurts not to have a couple of guys that you were counting on. And Coach Dawkins acknowledged that after the game. But they are 1-0, Trace, which is what Oklahoma State's not and Michigan State's not. So there is a positive. By the way, can we not do double headers anymore? 8.30 tip. Trace didn't get out of the arena till past midnight. Until past midnight. That's true. Oh, my goodness. You know how the UCF fan base wants to have faux outrage about something or other every other day or, or at least once a week, right? I took a photo, uh, posted it on social media of the NIT banner from last season and meltdown across the fan base, and it attracted others chiming in. Uh, what is wrong with this fan base? Can we not celebrate victory and, and accomplishment uh, even if it's not an NCAA tournament win, it was an NIT opportunity for the Knights. What is with the fan base? We cannot be happy about anything, any accomplishment. You better be happy. I'll take NIT bids moving forward in the Big 12. Listen, did anybody have a problem when UCF won the Beef O'Brady's Bowl in St. Pete or, you know, the gas? They, they have that in the indoor practice facility. They have uh, acknowledgement yeah. of the bowl wins on the uh, perimeter of the football practice field. Absolutely. I don't hear anybody complain about that. So let's not let, yeah, I'm good. By the way, this is not the only NIT banner we have up there. We have the one from 2017, which was quite enjoyable. Yes, I'm all for putting banners in postseason. I think we should be retiring numbers, Trace. I'm all about putting stuff on the Raptors. I mean, my goodness, my beloved Miami Heat 
can't stop putting things in the uh, up in the banners. They have everything from like you know Dan Marino, Michael Jordan. They didn't even play with the Heat, so I'm all for it. I'm pro NIT. I enjoy postseason. We'll take it where we can get it as far as basketball is concerned. Yeah, an NIT run last year, you'd be longing for that perhaps if they struggle in Big 12 play uh, this coming season. So, yeah, a lot of faux outrage, though I will say I do agree with the folks uh, when they participated. I don't even know if it still exists. The CBI, Tournament College Basketball Invitation, right? Now, if you do something in that, I don't think you hang a banner for that. I think you got to keep I don't it think the, NCAA, the NIT. We're ineligible. We're ineligible now, right? Isn't that the team that got ineligible because the NCAA violation? That's why I didn't remember Adams bringing up Michael Jordan because that never existed. Apparently, oh, according to the NCAA, never happened. never happened. What are you gonna do? Unbelievable. Anyway, all right. Uh, next question here, Trace. Olympic sports, men's soccer, mm. getting upset by South Carolina. You were there for that too. Uh, stunning in the quarterfinals of the Sun Belt tournament. They got to wait till Monday, November thirteenth to see what they're going to look like in the NCAA tournament. Women's soccer didn't make the NCAA tournament. They were one of the first four out. Volleyball steamrolled by Houston on the road. They are now facing top 15-ranked BYU this week. What it's not out? getting any easier for volleyball. No, I, I, it's been, been pretty quiet over there after all the hooping and hollering early. What, what jumps yeah, the, the takeaway is obviously men's soccer uh, tumbles from number one, comes out in the United Soccer Coaches poll at number 12. So they took a tumble. A couple of losses there. Uh, you cannot lose in your first-round game in the Sunbelt Tournament at home to South Carolina, giving up a goal in the first couple of minutes, chasing the game for the, the rest of it. Disappointing performance. They're still an NCAA tournament team. Question though, Elo, and you study this, will they host? I think they'll host, but they're not going to be a top four national seed, which is what it was looking yeah. like a week ago. Now the question is, are they even going to be a top eight seed? Remember, it's a 48-team NCAA mm -hmm. tournament field. Top eight means you host all the way to the quarterfinals. Top 16, you only host through the sweet 16, up until the sweet 16 round. So big difference. If they would have stayed in that top four, they could have not played a road game until the college cup. So that's a costly loss for South Carolina that will certainly affect their seeding. The good news is men's soccer is a sport where a lot of upsets happen in the tournament. So the seeding is not as critical. The bigger question, Trace, and you saw them up close, has this team peaked? They seem to be gassed here at the end of the year. Yeah, they seem to be running out of steam. So, in fact, a loss may give them some fresher legs for a deeper run now. So they may actually welcome bowing out a little bit earlier. We will see. Let's bring back in Adam for some corrections and uh, some fun. All right, here we go. You guys are talking R.J. Harvey. He's 124 yards away from a 1,000-yard season for UCF. So pretty impressive numbers Could do for it Saturday. Harvey. You mentioned Traymond Morris Brash leading the Big 12 and uh, and tackles for a loss, 16 and a half. Also tied first with sacks, eight and a half. You also mentioned the defense and and uh, uh, Oklahoma State. This has got to be a record. UCF is ranked 127th of 130 teams on rush defense and fourth of 130 teams on rush offense. 123 spot swing. That has got to be a record someplace. Uh, we're talking first wins, gentlemen. I looked up these fun stats for us as well. We had a precedent here. 1996, UCF becomes an FBS team. Their first win that season was against William and Mary, both of them, which was an FCS school. They didn't actually beat an FBS school until later that year with Sanford. Fun facts, 2002 in the MAC, our first win, Western Michigan. 2005 in Conference USA, first win, Marshall. 2013, first win was at Memphis. And we're talking banners. Here's a couple of quick silly banners for you. The Colts in 2014 hung a banner. 
as an AFC finalist. There's two of those, by the way. The Patriots have an undefeated regular season banner up in their stadium, 16-0. They lost the Super Bowl that year. The Washington Mystics have two banners up for the WNBA Attendance uh, Championship in 2002 and, and 2003, back-to-back -back for that one. And the New Orleans Saints, 2006, have a banner up for the first time they sold out season tickets. <laughs> uh, Terry Mahodra's here in that one. And you see how selling out season tickets for football. Uh, there'll be a banner up for that. They have the new ribbon boards. Maybe that's something you don't even have to buy a banner now. You just flash it on the we, side. Well, we should just put Michael Jordan in the suite where he sat during those UCF games that don't exist because of the NCAA. Just call it the Michael Jordan suite. A commemorative plaque in there. Adam, thank you. One more thing. Mention of the space game. Knights a perfect 6-0 and in space games. A streak. Oklahoma State, Elo, going to try and stop Saturday in the bounce house. Should be a fun one. Two teams that are going to run the ball. Hey, maybe that game will end in about three hours. Yeah. Let's not get carried away. There's television still involved. Could happen. Look for new episodes midweek every week of Around the Kingdom on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. We drop the audio in the Sons uh, podcast feed as well. We thank Adam Eaton and Eric Lopez. We thank you for being with us for Around the Kingdom. Podcast Network.